Hello everyone and welcome to episode 53. So today's episode I'm going to be covering all things um, about how to expand in your life as far as goals that you want to be focusing on, the difference between soft action versus bold action. We're talking all things like grit, what it takes, determination and when you need to kind of I wouldn't say give up, but when you need to know when to let go of something and know when to pursue something. So I'm going to kind of be touching on all those topics. So this topic, actually, a little bit of a backstory on my week. This topic is one that I have that I've wanted to do for a while, but I've got like a folder on my laptop of just all these topics. It's a bit of a backlog of topics. Some that I've put all these notes and dot points in, like throwing ideas down. And then other things, it's just maybe like a title name that I think would be good for a podcast episode. So what I do is when I decide that I'm recording a podcast, I sit down and I go through that list and I just wait and see which one of those topics jumps out at me for that week because everything for me when I write, like I know it's very sciencey as well, but I find it's also very much a creative output as well. And I need to talk about something that's really resonating with me in that moment where ideas are flowing. I'm in kind of that flow state and I can really just talk for literally an hour by myself about that topic. Okay. So sometimes I'll be walking, you know, down the street and then this thought just appears in my head and so I have to like stop walking pull out my phone whip out the notes section and just put in a podcast idea so now my notes section is filled with all these different because the smart thing to do would be to have one note and I just put in all the ideas but I'm in such a rush I can't even be bothered to search for that one specific note so then I add a new note and it's all podcast so my notes section is a bit of a shambles with all these note ideas and then when I get home if I can be bothered or if I can remember I transfer all those notes onto my document so it's a bit of a shit show if you saw kind of how I plan my podcast it's all over the place but this is one that I kind of have circled back to a couple of times that I'd really like to do this whole concept of bold action versus soft action, et cetera, et cetera. What this is relevant to my week is that I actually had a podcast idea planned that didn't come to fruition. I was going to be interviewing my friend Lizzie on the podcast. She is phenomenal and you guys would love her so much. She is, um, she's a writer, she's a copywriter and she does a lot of work kind of helping people start up their websites or businesses and she does like all the, the content writing for the business she's also written a lot of articles and currently has her own blog and she writes her own articles um, on all sorts of things like monogamy um, sexism race like it's just honestly it's she's a fantastic writer she's traveled the world she's done we've both led a similar path in the sense of having that super independent go 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 in our 20s where we just kind of dropped everything moved across the world moved here moved there she you know lived in London for a few years lived in Amsterdam for a year she's She's an absolute go-getter and I was desperate to have her on the podcast and I had booked her into the recording studio but as a precautionary measure, the recording studio that I record out of has closed the studio while these COVID cases have kind of resurfaced. COVID, here COVID comes to wreck the day. But anyway, so long story short, I couldn't record it with her. I'm recording this podcast at home and I can't record a podcast with two people with the setup that I have at home because it's a one mic setup. Anyway, not going to bore you with any more details. Long story short, the podcast with Lizzie will have to happen at another time, unfortunately. And so today I thought, okay, fine, I'm just going to pull this one out and spend some time brainstorming on it. And I think it's going to be a nice kind of podcast 
for us all. Um, and of course, before I get into that, I want to go into my fun brain psychology fact or myth section for the day. What I actually want to talk about today is honestly, I cannot for the life of me remember if I've already covered this topic or not. This is the problem. I also don't remember if I've covered the topic or not and I can't be sifting through like 53 episodes to see if I've done it or not. So let's hope that I have not. Um, the topic today that I'm covering is the concept of having a style of learning, like a preferred learning style. So this is a concept that's been around for a long time, especially kind of in the 90s was a big time for that. Um, and it's the idea of being one of three learning styles. So there's visual learning, auditory learning and kinesthetic learning, which is like physically doing something to learn it. So that idea of having a preferred learning style and, and someone being like, oh, no, I'm a visual learner, I'm a visual learner, blah, 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 that has been debunked. There's been many, 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 many studies done by neuroscientists that show that this concept of having a particular learning style is actually not really true. What it is, is that your preferred learning style is more likely going to be the style that is appropriate for what you are learning. So for example, let's say that you're somebody that considers themselves to be a visual learner, which is very common. Actually, it's so common that it's probably all I ever hear. I never hear someone say, I'm an auditory learner. And why is that? Because most people, if not everyone, if it's appropriate, would rather say something demonstrated than explained to them verbally right so when I was teaching Pilates or teaching what mainly let's talk about Pilates because everyone's on a reformer and I'm walking around adjusting people people would always say to me oh I'm a visual learner I'd rather see you do it than hear you tell me what to do but everybody would rather see me do it than hear me tell it it's just that some people don't make a big fuss of it in their heads and other people do if you actually paid attention and listened to say to someone, put your left foot forward and your right foot back, unless there's an issue going on in your brain, everyone understands what that is. But the problem is that when you are in class, people are thinking about other shit. They're distracted. They're thinking about all this other shit that's going on in their minds that they're probably only listening to about 30% of what is being said in a fitness class. They're not present, okay? Yes, ideally, it would be good for me to be demonstrating the whole time everything that you should be doing. That's the ideal preferred learning style for everybody involved. But if I'm running around adjusting people, and it's just not possible. So you're going to have to go with auditory. But I'm telling you right now, everybody in that class would have preferred visual Unless you're so used to auditory and you're just so good at it and Pilates is like second nature to you that it doesn't matter. It's, it's now irrelevant, okay? Now, another thing, so that's separate, fitness aside. Another example would be no matter how much of a visual learner you are, you could not learn a kinesthetic, like something that requires kinesthetic learning just by doing it visually. For example, you could not learn how to drive a manual car or automatic for that sense, um, by watching somebody do it. You could watch all you like, watch, 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 that's fantastic. And then you get in the car and what are you going to do? You can't do it, right? Because you haven't actually learnt it. This, the modality has to be learnt kinesthetically. So, and that's for every single person in the world. Same as a language. You can watch somebody talk or even listen to somebody talk that language the whole time. But unless you are verbally making out the sounds of that language, you will never learn that language. Again, that is kinesthetic learning. You have to physically make the movements with your mouth, with, you know, everything. So that whole thing has been debunked. There's no such thing as being a preferred learning style because the preferred learning style is going to be what is most appropriate for what it is that you are learning. There are other – we're talking about here when we're talking about um, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. Of course, separate to that – 
there's other different learning styles. For example, there are children that perform better when they're given tasks in smaller blocks. Um, there are children that perform better when they don't have to be seated at a desk, whatever. You know, there are certain schools that are based around having a more of like a, a free-flowing dynamic in the classroom, but that still doesn't have anything to do with visual, auditory, or kinesthetic learning. So I'm talking about those three specific categories that people like to group themselves in. Separate to all of that that I just spoke about, I think it's really interesting and people need to be aware of how much we love to pigeonhole ourselves into things. Like people fucking love a title. They love to be labeled with something. They fucking love it. They do all those personality tests online. They obsess over their star signs. They obsess over which learning style they are. They obsess over which political party they're affiliated with. Blah, 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 blah. We fucking love a label because people think that the more external things they can link to their identity, it's going to make them more, it's going to kind of enhance what their identity is. When really, in reality, none of that shit enhances your identity and it actually restricts who you are as a person because you start thinking, oh, well, that's not, that's not me. This is me. That's not me. This is me. And so you start getting kind of – you're less broad and open-minded to other things. And, you know, when – for example, let's look at star, star signs, for example. I love that shit. It's a lot of fun. It's all well and good. How much scientific proof is there behind it? I'm not quite sure. I've never really even looked into it as far as a scientific thing, okay? And I, I talk about being a Taurus and I enjoy it and whatever, but I can read any – any horoscope star sign and find at least one to two pieces of information that resonate with me as a person. So it's like, you know, when you read something about your star sign, you it's confirmation bias. It's like selective bias. You look at the things that really resonate with you. Like, oh my God, that's me. That's me. That's me. And the things that don't resonate with you, you're like, oh, uh, whatever. But that is me. And so you kind of just ignore the things that don't really suit you and you really bond with the things that do suit you. For example, I'm a Taurus, right? And when I look at what the Taurus star sign is, it talks about, um, okay, so Taurus, they're uh, loyal. Yes, I'm loyal. They're very stubborn. I don't consider myself really stubborn. I know what I want and I follow that. But when it comes to when I have arguments and disagreements with people, I'm not stubborn in that. I'm, I'm prepared to say that I'm wrong. I'm prepared to say that I've learned something new. So I don't really consider myself stubborn in the sense of an argument. Um, and then another thing is like that they're a massive homebody. I'm not a massive homebody. I absolutely fucking don't want to know that I'm living in the same place for the next five years. That's traumatizing, that thought. I like to think that I'm going to be somewhere new constantly all the time. I love um, traveling. I love going somewhere new, throwing myself in the deep end and seeing how quickly I can like rise to the surface. And then another one is that we love the finer things in life. I don't really, yeah, in certain things, but not really. Like I'm, I'm just as happy being at a backpackers somewhere as like, well, maybe not a backpackers, but like some shitty hotel if it's in a good location than some really nice, you know, apart. I don't really care for those really fine, finer things in life. It's like, yeah, it's lovely if I like that one specific thing, but I'm just as happy doing something that's like a fraction of the price. Do you know what I mean? So there's a lot of things about Taurus that – I absolutely do not resonate with and then a bunch that I do resonate with and then when I find a funny meme that I resonate with I post it and I'm like ha huh, hilarious that's me but obviously if I find something that I don't resonate with I'm not going to post it so there's a prime example of confirmation bias that even I use we all do it so I mean do what you want I don't really care but there are some people that get so emotionally attached to all these external things learning styles personality types I did that personality type online and I'm this 
The problem with doing these personality types online is firstly, if you're going to do a personality type quiz online, I can tell you right now, it is extremely biased because you, you like it, it's, it's user bias because you're, whether you realize it or not, wanting the result to be a certain way. You're wanting it to confirm something about you that you already know about yourself. So you're probably going to enter in or answer questions in a certain way that you know resonate with what you normally feel like most of the time, okay? So firstly, I feel like having a personality test is a little bit void when you're doing it on yourself um, because of that bias and also because you kind of know what what questions you're answering about yourself because you already know that trait about yourself. It's not telling you anything that you don't already know, but what it does is it strengthens your connection to being that type of personality or being that star sign or being that learning style. Blah, blah, blah. So I would encourage you all to take everything that you um, are affiliating yourself with, with a grain of salt. Like, yeah, enjoy it. Yes, connect with it. Yes, whatever. But to have this diehard like, I am this Sure, if you want, but at the same time, it might stop you from then. This then like flows into, oh, but mm, that's not really my personality type. I can't do that. Or, oh, that's not really how I can't do that. You actually start restricting what you're capable of doing or capable of becoming or capable of thinking if you think that that's just who you are full stop. There is so much plasticity and change that's going on in your brain that to pigeonhole yourself to one type of person and that be it, I think is very restrictive. Um, And the same goes for all sorts of things. Like, you know, I find it really fascinating when people are so um, emotionally tied to a political fucking party. Like if I get asked, who do you vote for? Uh, it's not a it's not a a concrete answer. My political opinions each election change. Okay, I'm not emotionally attached to a, a political party, nor should anyone be. You should be able to criticize every single party and align with the party that you think will serve the your country or whatever in the way that you see best that you that you feel would be best for the country. So if I'm aligning with one political party and they keep changing their minds and I keep aligning with that one political party, that's brainwash essentially. You know, that's me not making up my decisions for myself anymore. That's why every single time there's an election, I'll vote for whoever I see fit. My sister and I literally get together and we literally go through what each party stands for during that election time and based on that, we make our decision. I can tell you right now that there's been no consistency with who I have voted for over the last few years and I'm happy with that because I'm not emotionally attached to a political party and I find it really interesting when people get all emotional about, you know, being against a party And then that strengthens their emotion towards a party that they do like. And then the problem with that is that then you blindly trust and love a party instead of being able to maturely criticise a party when they've done something wrong, okay? You need to remove emotion from politics because it's a very fucking, look what's happening with, like, look what happened with Trump. That's the most emotional fucking backing of a political party I've ever seen. And that's, you know, people that then have that confirmation bias where you can't even um, see when something's, when someone's done something wrong because you identify that part of your personality is being um, affiliated with that political party. Pol- politics and personality should have nothing to do with each other. Anyway, that's my rant. Um, and I hope that that's kind of planted a seed for you guys to think that you don't have to align who you are as a person to things that are outside of you, including politics, including personality types, including star signs, including everything. Okay, good times. Let's get into the topic of today. So how to expand in your life, how to reach the things that you want to be doing, how to take proper action and what's the difference between soft action versus bold action, okay? So 
How does one take meaningful action that's going to separate you from your old self trying to do what you've always been trying to do and not really getting there and your new self of actually doing what you want to be doing? So for example, for myself, I can say that I've never worked so hard in my life, but I've never tried less, if that makes any sense. Like for me in the past, I used to try and try and try and I felt like I was forcing, forcing, forcing and nothing was really happening. But the actions that I weren't taking weren't really aligning with what I was trying to achieve. And it was this like effort, effort, effort. Whereas now, even though I'm working really hard and I'm putting in, you know, a lot of time and a lot of persistence, it doesn't feel like this strained effort. It's, it's a lot of work, but it's not this draining effort. Whereas in the past, it was effort and no results. And now it's like little effort, a lot of work and a lot of results, okay? How do we get there and what's the difference? I think we often have a goal or a dream that we want to achieve. We have this, you know, this idea in our head, like that's the goal that I want, that's what I want to achieve, which is great. I'm obviously not not saying anything wrong about that. That's awesome. So you've got this thing, but we're just working really, really hard and it's not working. Whatever you're doing is not working. So then you push harder and harder and you're trying and you're trying and it's not working. So then you think, okay, well, I don't want to give up. I don't want to be a failure. So I'm just going to keep struggling and pushing and struggling and pushing and I was listening to this great interview um it was a while ago so if I can find it it was it was a podcast interview if I can find it I will share it with you guys um but the the it was with a woman named Martha Beck and she's this phenomenal writer and speaker and um I'm pretty sure she's got a doctorate as well she's just very intelligent woman and she said if what you are doing isn't working don't do it harder so And I kind of was thinking it's kind of like an analogy for sex, right? Like if you're having sex, you obviously have an end goal that you want to achieve, which is hopefully both people, you know, getting pleasure out of it. So that's the end goal. But if you're doing one certain thing to try and reach that end goal and it's not working on that person, you don't do it harder. You change your tactic, right? So that's what you should be doing with life as well. You need to... You can still have that end goal, but obviously the way you're doing it and what you're doing, it's not working for you. It's not a, it's not an indication to work harder or to push harder on that one thing that you're doing. It's probably an indication that what you're doing is not kind of working and you need to kind of reroute that, um, your energy into something else to help you get to that end goal. Another podcast that I was listening to was the Freakonomics podcast, which I on occasion listen to and they've got some you know I listen to the podcast titles that resonate with me and one was about grit um, and this idea of um, what is grit and the ability to stick something out and get it done and push through and you know get to the end and the host of the show he was talking about you know because he's he's an economist and he was talking about you know when people were doing their doctorate sometimes people would start off with this idea that's probably never going to work out and it's this really like wild idea and they might be pushing and pushing and struggling and pushing when in reality what they should have done is earlier on when they saw that it wasn't going to work out try and maybe redefine what it is that they're doing maybe change a few things already once they saw that it wasn't going to happen and then kind of tackle it from that angle so that's what he talks about with a lot of studies and a lot of um, economists um, that they save a lot of energy and time when they realize if something's not working for them don't struggle and push through how can you redirect that energy you can still have that end goal but you need to change your tactics you need to change what you are doing in order to get there so what I want you to do now is you want, I, want to ask, I want you to ask yourself a question. And that question is, what is my ultimate goal? Most of us know what it is. And this is going to be really beneficial to flesh out what that actual goal is. Because 
I'll go into it in a little bit, but we might have an idea of what we want, but in reality, there might just be aspects of that that we want and the other things don't really matter. So first, have an idea of what your goal is. Do you want to be a famous actor? Do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be like, figure out what it is that you want to be. Do you want to be the best dog walker in Australia? Do you like, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to be? If you're not sure about what you want to be, or do. This exercise will still help you, but just obviously not the first part. You're just going to do the second part. So write it down. Figure out what it is that you want to do. Now, once you've written that down, I want you to write down what feeling are you trying to achieve if you got that. So why do you want to be that? What is it about that thing that makes you want it? You can't just want it for the sake of wanting it. There's obviously a reason that you want it. You know, some people want to be a famous actor because they love, you know, Um, being on stage, they love, you know, having attention, having an audience, having that, whereas other people can't think of anything worse because they're like, fuck that, I don't want to be known by everyone, I don't want this, I don't want... Because everyone's got different wants and needs. So I want you to determine what it is that you want. While you're thinking about it, I'll give you an example of my situation and then hopefully it will make sense what I'm trying to talk about. So for me, when I was younger, I used to really want to be an actor. Hence why I was using that as an example. I really wanted to be an actor. And I'm talking from maybe when I was like 12, maybe a bit younger. And then I was always doing those acting classes in high school, whatever. And then once high school finished, I did a year at Sydney Theatre School. And then I was always auditioning, auditioning, doing courses here with casting directors, acting courses, blah, 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 pushing, pushing, pushing. The reason I wanted to do acting for me is, yes, I enjoyed acting. I obviously liked it. But I also loved being on stage. I loved public speaking in high school. I really enjoyed that. I was house captain. I was often running assemblies. I did the valedictorian speech in high school. I loved that feeling of getting up and talking to people. And I loved it when people resonated with what I said and what I did, okay? So there was that love to be, you know, on on some sort of a stage, whether it be film or theatre or whatever, that that you know that that euphoric feeling that you get when you have an audience that likes what you've done and you feel that connection with the audience. So I really liked that. But then separate to that, I then found this passion for the brain because while I was acting or quote unquote acting in inverted commas, I wasn't actually doing much of it. I was mainly auditioning and doing classes. I was thinking to myself, I don't really like I. I I want to be studying something in the meantime. I'm not stimulated while I'm waiting for a role to to come around and I really loved learning, so hence going to uni. And then through uni, I've already explained this a million times, Howard, but anyway, long story short, I found my way to neuroscience and cognitive neuroscience and I really found this passion for the brain. So once my undergrad finished, I kind of just left it and I had already become qualified in, you know, personal training and Pilates while I was at uni. So then I thought, well, now I'm really going to focus on my acting put that aside. But I always had this passion for the brain. And so in the back of my mind, I was always thinking I could be an actor or I could be, you know, something to do in the field of neuroscience. I could be doing something. I love the brain. I love telling people about the brain. I'm obsessed with the brain. And so I always thought that I'd have a career for a certain amount of time and then I'd link it to another career later. And then long, long, long story short, and I've explained this to you, so I don't need to repeat myself, but I eventually gave up acting because I found that it was just causing me more anxiety than it was giving me happiness. And I was pushing and pushing and pushing and nothing was happening for me. Um, and I would just, yeah, I had a few close calls with some good auditions, but I just kind of felt like for me, I just don't, it's just not working for me. And while I love the idea of being on stage and having an audience and doing all of that, you know, it's just like, it, I'm not enjoying this. So, Fast forward, I tried doing all these blogs. I'm like, hey, maybe I can like reach people through blogs, through this, through that, through the Instagram, through whatever. Anyway, 
it wasn't until I actually figured out, wait a minute, what do I actually love? Okay, I love having an audience. I love connecting with an audience. I love speaking on like a public stage. Love that shit. I also love the brain and I love teaching people about the brain and talking about it. So that those are like my five loves. Now, how do I link that all together? Because that's truly what I want, right? Maybe acting isn't exactly what I want. Maybe it was those aspects of acting that I wanted. But in reality, I just had to pick out the aspects that I wanted and then focus on that. And then fast forward a few years later, and here I am talking to you with my podcast, doing exactly what I want to be doing. I'm on a stage. I've got my beautiful audience, you guys, my beans, that I resonate with, that connect with me, that I connect with. And I'm talking about the brain. So, like, I literally have hit the jackpot as far as doing what I want to be doing. But it took about 10 years for me to get there. So, hopefully, it's not going to take you 10 years to get to a place where you feel that you're on purpose and, you know, living your passion and whatever. But that's, that's the purpose of the exercise that I want you to do. Figure out your main goal and ask yourself, what is it about it that I want? Because for me, it was the connection with the audience. So sit down, pause this podcast and start to flesh it out. So for you, if you're somebody that doesn't have that big goal and isn't quite sure, just write down what are the things that really make me happy when I'm doing it? What really brings me joy and what do I feel like I could actually do that for a long time? And if my job had that aspect in it, I'd be really thrilled, okay? Write all those things down because then you start to realize what is it that you want to experience for yourself in your life because once you can really hone in on those emotions and those experiences that you want to have long-term in your life, then it's going to start to guide you towards what you should be doing in order to get there. You make your goal clearer. Your goal might stay the same. You might be like, no, everything that I want is in this goal. Perfect. Or you might realize, wait a minute, there's probably 20 things that I could be doing where I'm going to achieve that feeling. That same feeling that I want to achieve in this job could be achieved in all these jobs. So which one out of all the other options am I most passionate about? Is it the one that I've said the last few years or is it something new that I haven't really considered before? So that's the, the aim of this task. So pause it, write it all down and then press play again or whatever. Okay, so now that you've done that, now that you know what it is that you want to be doing, I want you to now write down, we're going to break down the difference between soft action and bold action. Because a lot of the time, the reason you're not getting where you're getting is because you're doing a whole lot of soft action disguised as bold action, okay? What is a bold action to start with? I'll break them down. A bold action is something that is often uncomfortable. It is not in your comfort zone. It's sometimes you feel like you're the amateur on the scene and everyone around you knows more than you do. Um, that feeling of sometimes where people call it the imposter syndrome, where they're like, oh, I feel like, oh, you know, it's this whole massively out of your comfort zone. You're really trying something new or trying something where you need to learn more in. These are bold actions. It also requires substantial amount of work and time um, and energy and your attention. Okay. So that's a bold action. It sounds pretty intense, right? What is a soft action? A soft action is a necessary action. So you still need to do these, but it feels comfortable. It's, it's maybe not always fun, but often it is enjoyable. It's not difficult. It's pretty much easy. And often it's like a passive or a mundane task. So they are still necessary in your life, but I want you to look at it as kind of like the bare minimum action that you're taking to keep your life the way it is now. That's a soft action. Examples of a soft action in everyday life are just doing everything to maintain your life as it is now, like 
paying your bills, rocking up to work, doing the same work that you've always been doing without really changing it, doing your laundry, cleaning. That's all soft action in life, okay? It's necessary. It's important. But it's not out of your comfort zone and it's and it's not really unpleasant. Now, if we're talking about getting somewhere in life as far as like a new career and you're trying to try something absolutely new, let's say you are trying to launch your own business online where you are a consultant, for example, okay, or a coach, an online coach. Let's say you're an online fitness coach. It's a perfect example because I tried to do that years ago and whatever. Soft action would be setting up the website coming up with the name, um, designing the website, coming up with like different exercises that you could offer. Do you want to do, you know, 12-week plans or do you want to do tailored PT sessions? Do you want to do – they're all soft actions, right? You're still within your comfort zone. You're not exposing yourself to everyone else. You're not feeling that you're being judged by anyone because right now you're doing all this behind-the-scenes work. Another version of a soft action would be doing um, background research on what it is that you want to do. So that would be looking at other online coaches and see what they're doing and what your point of difference could be. So notice that they are still necessary tasks. It's still important. But they're all soft actions. Uh, Bold action would be then reaching out to clients. Cold calls, um, if you're in sales, that's a bold action. It's a cold call. Um, Connecting with people, actually reaching out and starting to network, rocking up to a networking event and locking in a time to meet with the person that you met that day at at another time. Um, You know, going out and finding those clients, however you do it. I'm not quite sure because I was (laughs) never really good at doing it online myself with the PT thing. But those are the bold actions, the actions that you kind of hesitate to do. And often we'll put off doing the bold actions by doing a whole range of soft actions. We'll do so many soft actions. So we, we fool ourselves into thinking that we've been really productive when in reality, Yes, they're necessary, but you need to have that fine balance of a bold action and a soft action. Because if you only fill your life up with soft action, nothing will change for you. Nothing's ever going to change. So when I did my podcast, the bold action was actually recording the podcast and putting it out there. Like I listened to my first podcast the other day and I'm like, holy fucking shit. Yeah, okay, it was all right. And I still get good feedback for it. But I feel like I'm so much more... um, experienced now and I feel like I'm so much more natural when I talk to you guys and it flows a whole lot better and there's not as many pauses or ums or ahs if anything I have to my mum will laugh at me because she says that I'm such a fast talker but I have to try and slow down the rate that the ideas are flowing into my head and out of my mouth right so she would be like you're absolutely not a slow talker you speak so fast I have to slow it down but When you look at my first episode, it is a lot slower and it's a bit more chopped up and it is whatever. But that was a bold action. I was like, I'm just going to put it out there. I might not be completely experienced already. But if I don't do this now, I'm never going to be ready because how else am I going to get the experience, right? If you look at acting, for example, a soft action is, you know, um, reaching out to casting directors, doing the classes, um, watching films, that you want to, you know, be similar to actors in, you, you know, get, getting more, uh, you know, like I, wa- I want to be an action film actor, so I'm going to watch three action films a week to get really in like the headspace of what an action film actor is great. Th- that's great. That's like background research. That's important. But that's all soft action, you know, even like sending your, your headshot and your CV to all these different agents. That's all soft action. The bold action is, you know, 
getting scenes down, putting together the showreel, rocking up to the audition, maybe even making your own stuff because it's so hard to get, you know, acting jobs out there. You know, that, that, that's the difference where you're putting yourself out there on the line to be criticised. That's more of a bold action versus a soft action where you can be doing it from your laptop in bed kind of thinking, well, I'm doing something towards it, but I'm not really out of my comfort zone and I don't feel any discomfort right now. So what I want you to do again on that same piece of paper, now write down what are all the soft actions I'm currently doing and what are all the bold actions I'm doing. And often if you're not where you want to be in life, it's probably because the scale of soft actions heavily outweighs the scale of bold actions. Okay. How much hard action are you taking? And often you're going to feel like you're running around, you're really busy, you're doing all this stuff, but it's all soft action. It's all like maintaining the status quo or just doing background comfortable research for what you truly want to be doing in your life. You're not really putting yourself out there, okay? So I want you to write it down. Then separate to that, write down what do you think is the necessary amount of bold action that you need to be taking in order to get to where you want to be. So whatever your career is that you've written down, write down what would I actually need to be doing as far as bold action, not soft, that would get me to where I am. And you're going to notice that you, it's quite a lot. You're going to start to realize all the things that you could be doing. And I'm talking about if, if there were no restrictions in life, if time wasn't an issue, if money wasn't an issue, if resources were not an issue, what would you need to be doing to get to where you want to get to? Okay? That's going to be a bit of an eye-opener because you're going to think of all these other actions that you could be taking. Okay? And you might not have all the money in the world or all the time in the world, but I can guarantee you now, if you're listening to this podcast, is because you want to expand in areas of your life. So if you are somebody who's listening to this podcast, there is a sacrifice that you can make in your life as far as time or money to make something happen. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. If there was no space in your life for anything different, you would not bother to listen to this podcast. So I know that you've got it in you to make the time or to make you know, to sacrifice something to have a little bit more money or to make yourself a little bit more resourceful. Does that make sense? It's possible, but it's up to you to decide if you're going to make that a possibility or not. It, it is a choice. So now that you know all these things, a lot of the things that, a lot of the reasons that people feel held back is because of confidence. Like they don't feel confident to do it. They don't feel ready or they don't feel confident within themselves to do it. But what you have to understand is that confidence is, and I feel like I've mentioned this in many different ways, shapes or forms in all these other episodes that I've spoken about, but ultimately confidence within yourself is knowing that regardless of the outcome, you'll be fine. That's how I look at confidence. It's not knowing that I'm going to do it and I'm going to get it definitely. And I'm going to wait. Like it's all well and good to have those beliefs within yourself. That's fantastic if you do, but if you don't, it doesn't matter. It's the idea that I'm going to do it and regardless of the outcome, I'll be okay. The reason why a lot of people don't do something is that in their head, without analyzing it deep down, they think, I don't want to do it because if, if it doesn't work, I'm fucked. And they don't analyze it. You're not actually fucked, okay? You'll be fine. You're not going to die. And if you are going to die, probably don't do it in the first place. But it's this idea of knowing that who you are as a person, who you are innately as a human being is not going to be shaken if this thing fails. And... If it does fail, you can probably find another way to do it. So that's the difference between confidence and not being confident. A lot of people think that confidence has to be like, oh, I can only do it once I know it's going to work. 
No, it's not. I've done many things that I've been not sure if it's going to work. And a lot of the time it hasn't worked. Actually, most of the time it hasn't worked. And then I've had to like re, like bring it back to the drawing board, redesign it, try again, fail, back to the drawing board, try again, keep going, keep going. So that's confidence, the ability to be like, I don't care how many times I fail, I'm going to keep like tweaking this, tweaking the end goal, tweaking how I'm going to get there and reapply it. Not that didn't work, okay, tweak, reapply. That and then you'll get there in the end. You know, look at inventors. Imagine if for them, imagine if everything that you're using right now, all the inventions that you're using right now, imagine if the inventor's idea of confidence meant, oh, I'll only do it if I know it's going to work. We would have fuck all and we'd be living in like medieval times. That's what would be happening, okay? People that put themselves out there and do things don't really care that much. They don't attach themselves to knowing if it's going to fail. They're aware that it's a possibility and they still go ahead with a calculated risk. That's what I want you to do when you do these things. It's not, I'm not expecting everyone to get up and be like, you have to believe that it's going to work, believe, 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 because that's just not the reality of the situation. A lot of the times things may work and things may not work. And if you can remove your emotional attachment to the outcome, then you're able to put yourself out there more vulnerably and more wholeheartedly the chances if you succeeding will be higher and if you do fail, you're not going to be bummed and you will put yourself out there again. So change your perception of what confidence means and what self-confidence means because a really confident person can fail a thousand times and get up a thousand and one times, okay? That's confidence. It's not, you know, achieving everything they set out to achieve. Not at all. I know so many people in my life. I've got very good friends of mine that have good business ideas that they would like to do and they've spoken about it for way longer than it would have taken to actually do it and they don't do it. And it's a matter of like, why haven't you actually done it? Like what resource are you missing or is it an emotional resource where you're not willing to really fully put it out on the line and do it? Why are you hesitating? What are you resisting? You've got to ask yourself all these questions because is it that you're only doing soft action, soft action, soft action and avoiding the bold action because you're scared of something? You're terrified of missing out. You're terrified that it's not going to work because that's what's going to separate you from your old life to your new life. Being okay with it not working and still doing it anyway. That's the difference between somebody that makes something happen and somebody that just continues living um, you know, telling it as it is and living life by the status quo. That is the difference. So you now have to ask yourself, why haven't I done this yet? What have I been avoiding or resisting? And if I did it and it didn't work, what would happen? And you're going to realize not much, not much would happen. You just be back to the drawing board, which is where you are right now. You are at the drawing board right now. So there's nothing actually wrong with it, but we have this conception in our minds not everyone a lot of people are over it and they're fine and they're you know they're taking action all the time but a lot of people who fail to take that action and this is where I happily use the word failure when you fail to do something it's because they have some you know blown up idea of what failure or not achieving something means in their mind when in reality when something doesn't work for you it's just back to square one okay you're not worse off if anything, you've gained something, you've gained experience, you've gained knowledge, you've realized what doesn't work and you're probably more clear on what you do want. Every time you reach a closed door, you realize, okay, 
I did that journey, but I actually didn't like a few of these aspects. So next time I go and launch myself on the next journey, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it better. I'm going to get rid of those things that I didn't like, get rid of those people that I didn't want to be working with or associating myself with, and I'm going to do it like this. And it's this back and forth, back and forth, and every time you're getting a little bit further with knowledge, with experience, with, you know, getting clearer on what it is that you want and you take that step closer and closer every time. So that's what I want you to do with the whole point of this podcast today is to figure out what it is that you truly want based on what emotions you want to be feeling, what experiences you want to be having. Does your goal reflect those things? And are there other goals in your life that could possibly make you happier? And I'm not talking about smaller goals. There might even be bigger goals. They might even be a much bigger thing that you want to achieve. But what reflects the feelings that you want to be feeling and the experiences you want to be having and the emotions that you want to be feeling, all of those things that, you know, I used to want in acting, I realized that I have that but tenfold doing my podcast, okay? Um, So ask yourself the same question. What are the aspects that I want and why? And then where can I apply them? Because then it's going to make you realize it's going to even strengthen your decision of what you've already decided that you want for yourself or it's going to broaden your horizon and make you realize, wait a minute, there's so many other things I could be doing here that's going to make me feel the same way that I might even enjoy more and I might have a happier life and more money. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, then divide. What current, Currently, what are my soft actions versus my bold actions? Then write down what bold actions should I be taking and then I want you to reassess what your belief on confidence means and write it all down. Write it all down. It's always good to look back on what your self-beliefs are, what your beliefs on confidence are because it's quite a good reflection tool because it makes you realize things about yourself that you tell yourself that can be changed. Okay, you always, like I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast, if you're somebody that says, oh... I can't actually, that's not really me. I can't do that. That's, that's, you know, unless you don't want to do it, fine. But a lot of people would love to do something, but they say, mm, it's just not really me. Oh, it's not really my personality. I'm an introvert. I'm this, I'm that. Blah, 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 blah. The problem with that is, like I said earlier, you then pigeonhole yourself. We're so desperate. People in general are so desperate to feel part of a community, to feel a sense of belonging, that they will force themselves to belong into all these groups and then not leave anything else for you know for your creative ability in life to expand further than what you think that you you deserve to expand further than you know so if the more you categorize yourself and belong to all these groups then the more you kind of um, formulate what your opinion of what you're capable of achieving is and what like who you are and who you're going to become Become a little bit more open-minded. I'm not saying don't belong to a group. I'm all for community. I'm all for belonging to a group. But make those groups open-minded groups where you can be in a position where you can openly criticize things about what you're associating yourself with. You're always looking to grow. You're always looking to better yourself. And you have no problem saying, I was wrong. That was wrong. I can do it differently. Okay? And... I actually think that you're going to feel a lot more confident to step out into the bigger world and do bigger shit if you have that kind of open-minded mentality instead of that closed off. I am this and that's it's never going to change kind of idea in your head. Guys, I really hope that that has helped you or like been a bit of a driving force for you to be like, nah, I'm going to sit down and really start to work on this thing that I want to work on through bold action, okay? I hope that this has been a bit of a kick up the butt to make you realize that, There are actions that you can take right now and there's 
mindsets that you can um, adapt to or thought patterns that you can adopt that are going to help you get there, okay? So, yeah, I'm really excited. I really love this topic. Every time I'm doing something myself, I always use it. I still use it now. I'm always going to use it to the rest of my life. I always ask myself, am I doing enough bold action to actually take this idea and put it into fruition and make something happen out of it? Or is it all soft action and will I be in the same position in six months' time? Because if the answer is yes, I will be in the same position, I need to change up what I'm doing. It's not enough, okay? Now, Thank you so much. That's that. I just wanted to say that I've only got like seven weeks left or six and a half weeks left until the very end of my uni semester. And it's been a really, really, really intense few months. Worth it. Absolutely worth it. I'm loving what I'm learning, but it has been hectic. And I'm really excited well, I don't want to wish this time away because I really, I know, I know me. And once uni's done and I have a bit of free time in a few months time, I'm going to miss studying again. So I'm definitely not trying to wish this time away, but it is intense. And there's a lot that I'm putting on hold that I want to be doing with you guys and more content that I want to be doing um, that I'm not because I'm trying to put as much of my focus into what I'm doing. But a little bit of a teaser on what will be happening. I am going to be launching in the near future kind of like a, you know, more like mindset kind of course for those that want to delve a little bit deeper and do a bit more. There's a lot that's kind of a lot of like moving parts that I'm trying to figure out how it's all going to, you know, happen. Uh, But I've got all these great ideas that I've been wanting to share with you guys for a long time. And that's going to happen in the very near future. I used to do mindset hacks and I've had a lot of people being like, I want to access it. I want to do this. I want to do that. I stopped that a few months ago purely because I am going to relaunch it in a completely different way. Um, And also because I wanted to put all my focus in my final semester of study and I didn't want to be doing a half-assed job or not being able to get stuff up at the time that it was supposed to be up when I've already got obviously uni and the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. So that is coming very soon and I just cannot wait to share it with you guys because I know that a lot of you guys are always thinking, I want to do more, I want to do this, I want to do that. So I will be able to offer that to you guys and I'm going to do it in a way that's as um, financially possible for as many of you um, that listen to this podcast. So hopefully as many of you will be able to do it because I'm, I'm really like trying to make it as reasonably priced as possible as well. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. All your messages. I love them so much. The Facebook group is incredible. If you're not already a member, please join. Um, it is Do You Fucking Mind with Alexis Fernandez um, and just request to join and and obviously I will let you into the group and just read some of the stuff that people have read there. There's some great conversations going on. It's it's really, really cool group. I, I love that community and people are really good at asking for good unbiased advice and people give caring advice. No one's savage. No one's a dickhead on there. Everyone's really, really good and accountable and um, – honest which I love about the group it's fantastic and supportive so that is all for today I hope you enjoyed that topic if you um yeah if you guys want we can continue this conversation about even if you like if you want to share what your soft actions versus your bold actions are put them on the group you can have people help keep you accountable to do those certain things you know this is what we're here for this community is here to connect and to help each other so I would love to see some people jump on the group and put down what it is that they want to be doing as a bold action what they've been resisting or avoiding and what they're going to do differently to actually try and make that happen um, or to at least do the attempt like I said it doesn't matter if it doesn't work out but the important thing is is doing it and seeing where it goes, seeing how far it gets you. And then do you need to reattempt or is that enough to actually get to where you want to get to? Guys, thank you so much. I love you all. Please keep um, 
rating and reviewing the podcast that helps me a lot in the ratings of the overall podcasts which have been doing really well thanks to you my beans and um, of course please keep sharing it on your socials that really helps me out a lot as well Um, very grateful for you all I love you all so much my beans of life and that is all so guys as always remember be kind to yourselves be kind to your brains don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself Danke.